Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by our beat reporters, Jim Thomas, just back from the city of brotherly love. Tom Timmerman also here in the STL. And uh, yeah, since last we talked, uh, folks, uh, things have not gotten better. Our previous edition of the NetFront was the end of days edition. And JT, I guess this is end of days volume two. We're still talking about the same Unfortunately, sad story. And I think we're even gloomier. The sequel's even gloomier than the the original. So yeah, we just and that that was a gloomy. That was <laughs> might have been our most gloomy uh, net front ever last week. Well, we we might be able to top it uh, today. It's just uh, the nightmare continues. I have no idea what's going on. How how this team could be uh, could be so bad. And, uh, you know, when, when you're outscored, uh, I had the numbers in uh, today's story. I think it's 38 to 12 during a losing streak. I mean, you're not even close. You're not even competitive. What they had, I guess the Winnipeg game, which started it all, right? Yeah. It's, yep. a, it's so long ago. We're, we're, <laughs> we're spanning uh, two months here now. Uh, uh, you know, it's just kind of an okay game. The Edmonton loss was a pretty good game, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Boston game was okay. You know, everything else is just a just a crap show. Just no, no redeeming values uh, <laughs> at all. What, what happened midway through the third period against Montreal? Our second period, excuse me, midway through the second. The Blues are up three to one. They're kicking the Canadians' fannies, and then whoosh. 24 to six since then the blues have been outscored. What happened? Oh, well, yeah, that's a good question. They, they, I mean, you know, they have fallen into that, that thing where they, where they give up, you know, a goal and then the thing, you know, falls apart on them completely. I I was looking at numbers and I'll have numbers throughout this thing today, but you know, their, their defense when they are go down by a goal is just terrible. I mean, numerically, it's like, you know, they're like 26% below the league average in defense when they're down a goal. So they give up a goal and then it just, you know, it just completely falls apart on them. But also, I was looking offensively during this losing streak in seven of the eight games in this losing streak, they have scored below their expected goals number. So, and the only game they scored above was against Montreal. But there have been games you know, they've, they've had you no know, reasonable number of expected goals and they just can't score them. And so much of it is bad timing, you know, that, you know, like the goal that Pareko, you know, last night, the, at the end of the second period where he just has to get the puck out of the zone. There are five seconds left, get the puck out of the, the, the and it doesn't happen. And, you know, Philadelphia scores with three seconds to go and that changes the game. They go from being down two to being down three and it is history. At that point in time. So it's things like that. They give up goals at the worst possible times. And can you think during this eight game span of a play like that, that has gone in the blues favor, there has not been like, Oh, here's a fluky thing bounced in off, whatever. It just hasn't happened. I mean, there, the, it is, you know, the blues have done everything they can giving up goals at bad times and not, not one thing I think has gone their way in this span. Tom, you sound kind of exasperated, which is, is rare for Tom. We're all exasperated, though, aren't we? Maybe, maybe that could be their team slogan instead of, you know, they always have these cheesy, like, 
all for one. We're all in this together. Maybe that could be the Blues team slogan. Get the puck out of the zone. I, I was thinking it was going to be, we're the Blues. Get exasperated would be the, uh, would be the motto. <laughs> Maybe they need uh, like a sports psychologist. Remember the, the guy from The Natural? Uh, losing is a disease like syphilis <laughs> and gonorrhea. Maybe they need someone like that to help them out. I actually had a suggestion that they, you know, they need to all go out and get massages, you know, laser tag, do something just to. Massages. Uh, Wait know. a minute, kids, hold your ears here. Stop it. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that wrong. Just, 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 you know, just, just take, you know, not only take a day off, you know, take two days off, you know, or you know, show up wearing their Halloween costumes for the pregame warmups. Do something to, uh, to, to lighten. Well, I, mean, I the, think some uh, fans would say they've taken eight games off. So I yeah, well, that's, that's quite possible. I don't know if that's going to sell. <laughs> yeah, I don't think having Louie uh, perform a ritual goat sacrifice at Sunrise would have to be turned aside. But it might be, it might be an entertainment element that's you know could, could help ease the pain for the fans. Uh, well, if you look at like, okay, how do you have to how do you have to play well? To how do you have to play hockey to win? So what does good hockey look like? Well, you know, you're going to have to play real fast, uh, but smart. You're going to have to play with with intensity, but you're going to also have to be cohesive. Um, you're going, you know, you, and you just it, all these things. It has to all come together. I mean, guys want to do it. I think there is a an element of care for sure. Uh, JT and and Philly, right off the bat, you're you're not surprised that Braden Shen and Robert Bortuzzo uh, would drop their gloves. These are two guys that care and two guys that are going to go old school. When, you know, when you're just trying to do something, I think there's no doubt the guys care and, you know, listening to Ryan O'Reilly, uh, self-torture and, and self the lament of the captain, but, uh, but like all the elements they need with this frustration, you know, the, the speed, the uh, precision, the cohesiveness, the intensity, just uh, being smart and efficient, I and mean, then they're getting none of that. No, no. And you know, Thinking about it, the goat sacrifice could work. I mean, the ice crews are used to scraping up blood off the ice, so uh, it might be a little more than they're used to seeing. But I, I think they could, uh, they could probably uh, do that. Yeah. How about that? Two fights in fifty-one seconds, and on Twitter, all of a sudden there was this discussion about, okay, who's going to be the next guy? That the Blues bench in terms of fighters is a pretty sharp bench. So I don't know. Maybe Mikula, maybe Torpchenko. Torpchenko, yeah. Those would be the two uh, guesses. Mikola, my gosh, and he doesn't fight that often, but he's, uh, we have, he hasn't played that often, but he, he uh, uh, you know, his career's still young, but he means well, but he just, he doesn't have a good track record, you know, in fights, you know, he's, he's usually down on the, you know, maybe Shen, who's, I think is a pretty good fight. Maybe you could give him some pointers or something. I remember uh, one game in San Jose, who was the guy that uh, Vince Dunn beat the ever-loving tar out of in the minor leagues? He was practicing. Do you know the name, Tom? Trip Gabriel? Yeah, name? yeah, Curtis Gabriel. Curtis Gabriel. Curtis Gabriel. With a K. He uh, he was, I'm, I'm there watching the end of the San Jose morning skate, and he's practicing fight moves with a teammate. Like, within two minutes of the game that night, he got in a fight with someone. Maybe, you know, instead of these penalty kill drills, which aren't really working, as we can see <laughs> lately, maybe, you know, maybe they could have a little you know, a couple minutes uh, working some fighting uh, pointers. I don't know. Yeah, you know, you looked at these some of these games, and it was the case last night where puck goes into the zone, puck comes out of the zone. They just could not keep any zone time, and the penalty kill has become a, just a major liability uh, for this team, and I, I am at a loss to say why that is, but uh, 
that's really hurt them uh, recently that they can't kill a penalty. Oh yeah. The Boston game, my goodness, they just got <laughs> on, on special teams, not just the PK, but the, uh, uh, the power play. And I know Boston has, uh, well, they have the league's best PK, but three times in the first, what, not even 11 minutes, Boston here, here's an opportunity to, you know, score a goal and maybe get some momentum. Not once, not twice, three times. And Oh my God, the second power play, uh, I think Boston had the puck more than the Blues. I mean, how how is that possible? But that's kind of is my slogan right now. Instead of got to get the puck out, is how is this possible? What I'm watching and what's happening. I've always tried to go in life and as a sports writer by what is logical, what makes sense, and this to see see this team uh, play like it is. I mean, is there an aspect of the team right now that you can say, boy, that's that's a positive note. Is there anything, guys? You got anything? They don't take a lot of penalties. They, 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 you know, they, you know, um, yeah. You know, the goaltending is, you know. With that last goal by Tommy Grice yeah. last night, though. Ooh. Yeah. Gardo, you got anything, anything to hang your no, head? No, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, uh, you know, and it's just, you know, some of the numbers are, are you know, are just ugly. You know, you look at you know, Ryan O'Reilly's, he's, you know, couple goals doesn't have any assists minus 12 uh you know it's just um you know it's, i think it was interesting the comments he made to you jt about you know just the uh you know the weight of this thing and, and you know you you've seen this i mean you've you've covered again mizzou and mizzou was terrible you uh in football and you covered uh the rams when the rams got bad and stayed bad for quite a long time um and then you know you, you haven't seen it with the blues but now now you are it's just this this weight has has fallen on these guys. And again, when you talk about how do you have to play hockey? Well, it's got to be really fast. It's got to be sharp mentally. It's got to be sharp, you know, physically, uh, precision, um, you know, focus, and, and you got to have confidence, you know, going back to that word, because you got to move quickly. You can't hesitate. And you see guys hitting post, missing nets, mm-hmm. you know, fumbling the puck around, handling it. <laughs> So running, I mean, in, running into each other, trying to both get to a puck, you know, it's just, you I mean, you've seen it, you've covered sports a long, long time and man, you've seen it. And it's just, and there, and there never is JT an easy way out. Even though with this team, there's literally no excuse for any of this. You're there as strong as they're going to be this season. They're missing Scandal and Perunovic. They should be able to live without those two guys. Um, otherwise this is, this is a really, this should be a really good team. And yeah, well, look, look at the, uh, like uh, everybody, Philly was missing uh, 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 Van Rimes, Dyke, uh, Dyke uh, uh, Cordier, uh, Ryan Ellis, uh, Cam Atkinson. Look at the uh, look at the names of the uh, uh, the guys who scored for them last night. I mean, they're a bunch of they're a bunch of no names except for uh, and how is it pronounced? Connect me, connect me. Uh, they're a bunch of no names. Look at the goalie that 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 beat the Blues. He was 7 and one. He had not won an NHL game, uh, Sandstrom. So yeah, it's now I'm exasperated. Yeah, it's uh, it it just goes on and on and on. I, you know, the Blues have got you know one thing they got to they've got to seize the opportunity is they got San Jose coming to town. This has been they have had a lot of decent teams that they've been playing lately and not you know they did lose to montreal and nashville is not that great but you know if they don't beat san jose well then they're going to vegas and colorado you know we're we're looking at double digits uh, at that point if they don't beat san jose 
on Thursday. Well, yeah, and then even the Sharks, who obviously are not a great team, but you know they've they've had four. Uh, their winless streak is four, but they've gotten into the shootout three times. They've been at least competitive. You know, they got Tomas Erdl, they got uh, Timo Meyer, Eric Carlson's having a you know a resurgence. They got a handful of guys, but basically it is a franchise that Mike Weir is. Uh, in the process of retooling and there are going to be trades that happen during the course of the year. And the young guys just haven't been, um, you know, they're not quite ready to carry any sort of load. So, you know, that's a, so that's a team in transition as I think the blues will be soon enough. Uh, but Boyle they're still competitive JT and you know, they're, they're not great, but, and but the blues again, getting back to your point, just have not been competitive. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a chance that San Jose comes in and wins this game and then what? Yeah. Then, then Vegas, which is just a steamroller. They're yeah. like, they're like ruins, uh, you know, Jack Eichel and, you know, he's back to a hundred percent and flying around our, our old buddy, Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore on the blue line. I mean, they are yeah. getting the goaltending from Logan Thompson and uh, Aiden Hill. I mean, it just goes on and on. And then, then Colorado, which is missing a bunch of guys, but they've still won some games, man. I don't know. What do we do? We just stop the then podcast. You go to Chicago go, go who's been pricey so far this season. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you say, it just go it go, goes on and on, and that that's the thing. If if they were, if they're even even close in these games, uh, but they're, they're not showing a lot to uh, to give uh, Blues fans any uh, any hope. And Blues fans are always quick to run to the ledge, anyway. But now, I mean, uh, people are probably falling off the ledge because it's so overcrowded. Yeah, and as much as Armstrong believes in Barubi and believes in players, they are fast approaching that point where if you know if they keep losing, you got to do something because you know, you know, I mean you <laughs> I once had many years ago, I once had the hiccups for three consecutive days. Three of the worst days of my life. I just could not stop hiccuping. And and you go to the doctor about hiccups and they just they don't have like anything to, to, to tell you that, you know, you, they give you like the cures that your grandmother gave you and none of them worked. And finally, you know, this was taking a toll on my life. They finally, they finally just, just basically knocked me out. They finally just gave me like some sedative and said, sleep for 12 hours. And when you wake up, hopefully it'll be better. And it was, and that's what the blues are approaching that point where they just need some, you know, the, the uh, electric paddles to the chest. And that's going to take something if this doesn't end soon. Now, you always say Thanksgiving is the day, you know, is kind of one of those cutoff points. But it, it could come earlier. But, you know, I think they got a little bit of time, but they don't win a game. I mean, Thanksgiving is 15 something. days away. So yeah. you're giving them 15 days? Well, if, if things haven't improved, if they haven't won a game in 15 days, yes, then they really have to do something. I would like to think that somewhere in those 15 days, they'll win two or three games. Uh, though in the last 15 days, they haven't. So, you know, who knows? Tommy, uh, also, uh, so you're suggesting maybe that the, it's an off day. Maybe knock the Blues out for 12 hours yeah, and see what this, happens. This would be knock something. the entire team out. Have Ray Barilli come around with some you know, little magic. <laughs> yeah, give, him, give him a shot and just get, get back to us tomorrow and we'll we'll see what we do then. I, just, just a thought. Just an idle suggestion. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know that the Players Association would approve of an enforced sleepover where the players were drugged into, into a, a 12-hour slumber. But, you know, these are desperate times. You know, so we've talked goat sacrifice, and we've talked putting the whole team to sleep. 
mean, these are electric paddles. Don't forget electric paddles. Electric paddles. So you might be thinking this sounds a little extreme, but but not really, because you know, I mean, this team has it's got has not somehow not getting any points at all. That's the amazing thing. I mean, it's one thing to not win in a while. But the NHL, man, you know, those loser points are enough to just, you know, they, they throw you the floaties here and there so the, the waves don't, you know, put you under. And uh, no, no, not they're not getting, not even coming close to getting any loser no. points. No, sir. So, no, sir. Um, well, uh, so here, here's the thing, guys. Go, go, go. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, the thing is, like, you know, you talked about, you know, the belief, Doug's belief in, in the chief, which he's expressed, and he's tried to show some belief in the team, too. Obviously, times, you're reaching a point of, the season getting away normally the coach would have been fired by now i mean let's be honest here except that he get an extension he's a stanley cup winner he was successful as recent as last year normally the answer is the easy fix is just fire the coach um so far jt uh, that's doug armstrong sent a strong signal that he would not do that uh that's but we're looking at just the reality of well then then what what so what do you do then and you know you really can't move a lot of guys because the trading is difficult uh, this time of year with the cap and all. And uh, yeah. So what, you know, Doug is just kind of stuck. He, he, he wants to stay the course as best he can, but in one hand, he's handcuffed and the other hand, he, he doesn't want to be forced to do something like with the chief that he doesn't want to do. Yeah. And he, uh, as we all know, Doug Armstrong can be pretty stubborn. He, he, he dug his heels in, I thought, in terms of, of of reading uh into his words he dug his heels in pretty pretty good on the hey the coach isn't going anywhere but if you're if you're losing eight out of 11 every 11 games and losing them badly you know uh w- what do you do you 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 you've got to do something it, it first off this makes me appreciate what happened in 2018-19 even more how difficult that was, I mean, we're not talking, uh, what is today? November 9th. It was the new year, January 1st. They were last in the league and somehow that happened. Perhaps, perhaps that experience is causing Armstrong to be a little bit more patient. I, I can remember, uh, after the first two years of, uh, Dick Vermeil, they were just horrible years and, uh, they, they appeared, uh, no, no relief in sight. Uh, John Shaw told me the fact that he fired Rich Brooks after two years, a little bit of a quick trigger, although I, I don't think keeping him around would have, you know, helped, but he said that helped him give uh, Vermeil a third year. And we, we all know what happened in the third year. So, you know, maybe something like that is at play with Armstrong, but when do you do it? Well, okay. So we're 11 games in baseball. That would be what? 22 games roughly. So yeah. like not maybe a, not quite a month into the season. I mean, it, mm-hmm. is that too quick? How how patient should Doug Armstrong be? And you're right, Jeff. I mean, it's tough to make trades, but again, I I, I think I suggested this last week. He's not necessarily looking uh 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 making quote unquote hockey trades, veteran player for veteran player. If he's in a uh Hey, the run is over. The players have told me by their play, the run is over. You're, you're going to trade for draft picks. And it, yeah, it may still be, it may still be early for that, but it's a lot easier to trade for draft picks, partly because there's no real cap. If you're trading veterans for cap players, if, 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 if he does that, but it's still, 
it takes a while. I'm sure Doug's always on the phone. So maybe he's already laying the groundwork for some of that. But yeah, if you're Doug Armstrong, I think the question is, how patient can you be? How long can you wait? Yeah, they've already given away eight games with no points at all. Um, yeah, and, I, and, and while I think, you know, that time to make that move is not right now, but, you know, <laughs> and it would be easier if they were at least winning every fourth game or something, but they're not. So you can only look at it and say, well, the way they are playing now can't continue. Um, so something's got to change. But then who do you, you know, and I guess who you trade depends on what the market is. And I would guess, you know, and who you can trade. O'Reilly, Tarasenko would be candidates. You know, is Tarasenko would be appealing, you know, as a goal scorer, as someone who's got, is there a team out there that's got that cap space? It's got, that could, you know, got $7 million worth of space and can, is looking for another goal scorer. You know, I think that's what they, that's what they're going to need. I, you know, I don't know exactly who that team is uh, that you can do that with. So, but you know, you think when you start, because you can't trade, easily trade Falk, Krug, Pareko. You can't trade Bennington. Um, you know, you, you can't, you don't want to trade Thomas and Cairo. Wait a minute, I hear so, thousands of Blues fans saying, yes, you can, Tom, trade them all. <laughs> yeah, I think it's obvious what you're going to do. You're, you are going to, you know, probably, this team is headed for retooling, and you're, you're going to be able to get some draft picks and prospects for some guys. And it's going to be a lot easier to do at the trade deadline. Uh, somebody's going to suffer um, an injury up front, uh, a contender. And then the question for Vladdy is, does he want to, you know, waive his protections and go to a contender and start building his, his value for the future? What you know now is, if you're Doug Armstrong, you know in your heart that you're not bringing some guys back. I mean, you, you know, you just can't. I mean, obviously, I think 91 was going to look to shop the market and, and, and land elsewhere. Um, every indication was, but you know, there's no going to be no real motivation to, to keep them if the team tanks same for Ryan O'Reilly. And that's heartbreaking because Ryan did everything for this franchise. And yet the cold reality is uh, the team tanks on the captain and he's of a certain age, the game's getting faster, his contracts up, it's, you know, the team's, the team's transitioning, all those things say, and you already got some veterans under contract that are going to be there to provide leadership. So, you know, that, that's a hard reality. And I'm sure that's weighing on Ryan. I mean, he's, it's, he's alluded to it. I mean, his future is uncertain now. And it starts there. And, you know, you're building around Thompson, Cairo, and some guy in a chat suggested, or maybe there's a woman that said that, you know, maybe just buy out Cairo. No, you don't. Settle down. Yeah. This, this is the future. These two guys aren't going anywhere. That's about all we do know. You know, and as far as the defenseman goes, at some point, you're going to be able to trade some of those guys because teams need defensemen. And, you know, Krug's a, is a skilled guy and, and Falks is, is an outstanding de defenseman and neither of their contracts are that onerous. At some point, there's going to be things you can do if it comes to that, right? And But that's just a reality now. You're getting there. And other teams are looking at this team and they're looking at the uh, the Penguins, but I don't see the Penguins trading Latang or, you know, Crosby or maybe they would trade Malkin. But uh, this is a different deal. I mean, these guys are, are cup winners, uh, JT, but, but they're not, you know, Patrick Kane, they're not Andre Kopitar, they're not Drew Doughty types. You know, they're not quite at that level. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, it, it's interesting though. If you're a team looking for, say, a Tarasenko or an O'Reilly, doesn't that normally would come much later in the season where, where you really know you have a chance? 
to make a run and you're willing to do something like that. I, 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 I think you said earlier, Jeff, that it's going to be hard to do something like that. One other thing I'd like to say, could we just declare a moratorium on ripping Jordan Cairo? I mean, what has Ivan Barbashev done this season? What has Ryan O'Reilly done this season? Who has played well among the forwards? I know Saad and Buchnevich have been injured. What have they done well, when they played? Uh, okay, Thomas has been okay. Tarasenko's been maybe a little better than okay. And, and that's about it. What What is Jake Neighbors, who's a fan? What, what, is it, what has he done? None of these guys ha- have done much of anything. And, and yet it's it's open season on Cairo, who actually, you know, if he had a better puck lock, he's, he's gripping the stick uh, so hard. I think if it was wood, it would be sawdust by now. If he wasn't doing that, he'd probably have seven, eight, nine goals now. He has had so many, so many chances. So it's just, I, I don't know, it's like Blues fans every year, no matter what the team's record is, they have to pick out one guy. Uh, remember, uh, we didn't know he needed double hip surgery. Remember, I think it might have been my first season on the beat, 17, 18. What, Jay Bomeister mm-hmm. had the award. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then he got hip surgery and all of a sudden he was, he was fine. Uh, who have been some others? Zach Sanford, right? Uh, yeah. A year or two. I, I don't know who, uh, uh, Marco Scandella. I mean, yeah. it's always got to be one guy. But I, again, Cairo's been a disappointment, a big disappointment. But that bus, the bus of disappointment that has on the front, <laughs> disappointment, which is where it's heading, uh, it's full. It's full. <laughs> there are probably people waiting outside at the bus stand among the Blues to, to get out there. So it's just again, as a mainly a football writer in my career, just the uh, Blues fans are, they're, they're pretty amazing. They're in good ways and bad ways. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you look at the numbers for someone like Torbchenko, he's got some terrible numbers uh, this season, you know, in-game courses of, you know, single digits. I mean, he's just, he has not had great games and, you know, he obviously had off season medical issue and it took him a while to get up to speed, but I mean, he's had problems too. And you know, he's one of the guys held up as being, you know, a, a stalwart on, on this crew, but yeah, I mean, everybody's got something there. There, there, there is nobody on this team right now. They can say, you, you, as we just discussed earlier, you can point out and say, well, okay, this guy's pulling his weight and making this team better. Yeah. If, if, if you had a poster of the defense now, we've talked mainly about the forwards, look at the picture today on uh, that goes with my, my, uh, my story about the uh, uh, the game, and I think you guys know what it is. It shows Allison, and it's from above. It's a great it's a great shot. Allison, the uh, Flyers player, about to score a goal. I think it like deflected off his body. More bad puck luck. Behind, behind <laughs> Tori Krug. Okay, the net is here. <laughs> Allison's here. Krug is behind him. That's the poster for the. How many times have we seen that? Maybe the circumstances are different. There's different scenarios at play. It happened three times last night. I think the first three goals. Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, and I asked Letty about it. I didn't use the quote. He said, well, maybe we should get behind the, you know, the guy and not let him get, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm like with the open palm slapping my forehead there. Yeah, it's yeah. a thought, you know, to try to get be between you and it, between the guy and the goal, uh, between the goal and the, you know, the the score. I mean, if you know, it's tough for a guy like Krug. It's one thing if he gets out muscled because he's not a big guy. You know, he's he's strong for his size. But if he if he's at least there and he can't tie the guy up because the guy has a reach advantage or whatever, but he's between him and the goal, he's trying. It's one thing. But yeah, it's 
guys, you know, the getting back door to death. We had that whole uh, sequence where team after team was just, you know, doing it and the blues were slow to react. And, uh, but your comments about buses had me thinking, JT, you know, there's usually a couple different buses that go to the uh, rink from the uh, team hotel. And yeah, they could just have a, like a couple of the buses labeled disappointment. And then they could have just a, a town car for those players who are not disappointment. You don't need, yeah, a you, won't, you, don't, you don't need, they could even Uber. I mean, you won't, you don't need yeah, a, I just uh, for those two, the, those who, do, who don't qualify for the disappointment bus, which is a very short list. Um, you could, uh, you could well, go the, the always that. vivid imagination of Jeff Gordon. I, I like the uh, concept and maybe it would be a, a thing where the players would be, maybe some would be determined. I want to get off the disappointment bus. I want to get on the town car. Yeah, I got, you know, the, the, uh, Tom, the one, uh, the only good thing I can think of Tom in uh, all of this and, uh, and you'll appreciate this. Imagine if our friend Kelly Chase, one of our all-time favorite guys, imagine if Chaser is still doing radio broadcasts and this team is not only in an eight game losing streak, but it's just getting, you know, clowned mm -hmm. game after game. And guys are just, it's just abject failure at every turn. And <laughs> Kelly's one of the most competitive guys we've ever come across. One of the most passionate guys we've ever come across. One of the proudest guys we've ever come across. And also one of the least tolerant guys we've ever come across when it comes to watching stuff like that you imagine could you could you imagine poor the chaser just like stroking out in, in mid-game watching this from above i mean it was just horrible I'm, I'm glad i mean he's having a you know life away from the daily grind is hopefully it's been great for chaser i couldn't imagine how he would react to this having been around him in, in slumps much less terrible than this yeah you know i wasn't around during the during those the coming part of the Dave Checkett's era when things were, uh, you know, really, really bad then. But yeah, this, this, no one can take this. And, and you see, you run into just assorted members of the organization and it's like, yeah, it's not easy on anybody right now, but yeah, you know, you know, Chaser would be, uh, would be beside himself right now. I cannot imagine what he'd be like on the, on the bus over to the ring. That would actually be quiet. It would be a rare time just because, it's like when we get in the elevator with Doug Armstrong after the game, and it's just like it's like the quietest place on the, on the planet Earth. You know? oh. We do like radio recordings in there. It is so quiet in the elevator. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, it's we, well, we we laugh what we can. JT, one thing that that sucks about all this is that you know what you hate to see happen is that the smug analytics people proven right because the analytics you know you didn't and a lot of analytics people didn't like this team uh thought a lot of what happened last year was uh was an outlier and was just waiting for this sort of uh um slippage a correction if you would the, the team however jt has overcorrected and unfortunately all those analytics people are just walking 10 miles tall now knowing they got that right anyways that the blues I aren't told any you so yeah that's what they're saying yeah. But never mind the analytics people, Tommy. You're you're a couple hours. You're going to be on the chat, and you talk about some Looney Tunes on there that are going to say, "I told you so." The Ville Huso supporters. The uh, what were you thinking trading David Perron? Actually, we we are uh, not trading. Letting we we might be thinking that, but yeah, yeah. Good luck. You know, that, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, it'll be an enjoyable three hours. You know, on the analytics front, I mean, and people said at the start of the season, how can these analytics people, you know, think that the Blues are going to drop so many points from last year? And, you know, last year, you know, they were, they scored way above average, you know, way above their expected goals. They had the second most goals above expected last year. Right now they have the most 
under expected goals this season. So it is balancing out and the extra wins they got last year because of those goals are now turning into, into losses. You know, in these eight game of the losing streak, three or four of them statistically are kind of toss-ups. They are games that could have gone either way and didn't. And there was one, the Edmonton game, that probably should have won. And there was only one, I think the Edmonton, the Winnipeg game, which they was, you know, they had no business being in at all. But some of these games have been close and they just can't do what it needs to do because they're not getting those goals and they're giving up goals they shouldn't. So, and in some ways that will catch up maybe a little over the year, but, you know, these are eight games that they have lost and aren't getting back. Well, all right, JT, we're about to wrap up here. Can you think of anything positive to say now that we have, um, you know, wallowed in misery here for, for more than a half hour uh, talking <laughs> hockey and we really have maybe a couple halfway compliments as all at best, the best that we've been able to muster to this point, any parting words of any encouragement that you can think of uh, for, for the blues? fans? Yes, 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 I can. And <laughs> to summarize, Goat sacrifice, electric paddles, hiccups <laughs> slash long-term sedatives, the disappointment <laughs> bus. Out of the 5 million blues podcasts, I guarantee you, you're going to get those words only, only at the net front. And that's why you should follow us religiously. It was a spoonful of sugar, drinking water out of the wrong side of the cup, breathing into a paper bag. Uh, all, all those things could be things, you know, it, I tweeted this after the Boston game, but the Boston game, the Blues pulled their goalie. And for the first time this season, when they pulled their goalie, they did not allow a goal. The there first five go. times this season when they had pulled a goalie, they gave up a goal and they've yet to score when pulling their goalie. So they did not give up a goal when pulling their goalie against Boston. There is, they didn't get a chance last night to, to pull Grice, but uh, yeah, they, uh, that's about the only uh, like forward progress that, uh, that I'm seeing. All right, they can build on that. The Blues will build on that progress. They're going to come out like champions against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, we're not guaranteeing that on the net front presence, but we're suggesting that it's a remote possibility. Uh, for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, uh, for me, Jeff Gordon, for all of us here at uh, stltoday.com, the Post-Dispatch, um, enjoy the rest of your week as best you can. And remember that you can get our fine podcast and lots of video and outstanding coverage is beyond what's in the print edition uh, on STL today. So please do subscribe to both print and the digital products until next time for JT for Tom. I'm Jeff. See ya.